I asked. Because kids will spoil everything. We won't be able to do any of the things that we like doing, that we've always liked doing. We won't be able to stay in bed until midday, or watch violent videos on Sunday afternoons, or leave a Scrabble game on the floor for days on end. Look at this. He pulled me over to our games cupboard. All of our games have warnings on them. Not suitable for children under 36 months because of small pieces. It's official. Our lifestyle comes with health warnings. My voice was starting to shake. I was running out of arguments. But children could bring us new pleasures. Mark became exasperated. Jenny, I like our old pleasures. I don't need new ones. We've always agreed that most couples only have kids because they're bored with each other and don't know what to do next. Well, I'm not bored with you, and I never could be. You're my best friend, and I just want to be with you. I calmed myself down, or tried to. Mark, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I really, really want a baby. And I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I really, really don't. We had this same argument with a few variations over the next few days. It always ended the same way, without resolution. If there was a compromise to be found in this situation, then we couldn't find it. We couldn't settle on having half a baby or a cocker spaniel. Do couples... Happy couples who've been together forever get divorced over the subject of children. Well, what else are they to do? You see, while I love Mark, I have a physical need for a baby. It crept up on me unawares. It is so real, it hurts. And it's not exactly unusual. If I suddenly announced I wanted us to join the Harry Krishnas or move to Upper Volta and study locusts, he'd be entitled to feel that I was being unreasonable. But a baby the most natural thing in the world for a woman of my age. Out of interest, I asked him the other day, what would you have done if I'd become pregnant accidentally? He shrugged. I'd have supported you and gone through with it, of course, because we'd have been starting out from the same position of reluctant resignation. I felt sick that I could have avoided all this if only I'd been deliberately careless. That we'd always been honest with each other, and this had never occurred to me, and I couldn't possibly now forget that we'd had this conversation and go and get myself pregnant anyway. He'd never forgive me. So, why can't you pretend that this is the situation we're in now? I argued. You've admitted that it is theoretically possible to stay married to me, to continue loving me, even if I became unexpectedly pregnant. So, surely that means that you can't feel as strongly against kids as you insist. This just made him angry. So what you are saying is that you couldn't stay married to me, continue loving me without kids, that all of a sudden your love has become conditional. So now who's being the unreasonable one? Oh, I couldn't make him understand that this was nothing to do with my love for him. This was all about a need that just happened to be stronger than anything else. I knew that nobody was going to understand that I needed a baby more than I loved Mark. But I've come to understand in the last week that this is not the real reason why I'm divorcing, Mark. All these years when I thought we'd been moving together, we'd actually been on slightly warped tracks. 
gradually veering off on an imperceptible tangent. And now, when I wanted, needed, us to embark upon our biggest journey together, when I'd packed my emotional sandwiches, paid for the overpriced ticket, spent hours on the internet working out the route and finally declared myself ready to climb aboard, I learnt that Mark had deceived me, that he was, in reality, nothing but a train spotter. Chapter One at the moment, Mark and I still lived together. By that I mean he didn't storm out of the flat and I didn't rip his shirts up with my teeth and hurl them out of the window after him. Nor did we scrub the toilet with each other's toothbrush or bother with any of the other acts of revenge so beloved of TV dramas. He simply moved into the spare room with his Ryder Cup 1982 T-shirt, his Terry Pratchett books and his one-armed teddy that he swears he only keeps as an investment having watched...